Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. What is good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio. 9.20 a.m. It is a Tuesday. The Raiders get back to practice tomorrow on Wednesday. Finally, a normal week, uh, a normal practice week. Uh, I don't have to be jogging my memory on what day it is. Today is Tuesday. Tomorrow is Wednesday. What does Wednesday mean? The Raiders are back on the football field getting ready for the Washington football team coming up on Sunday at 1 o'clock over at Allegiant Stadium. Uh, Big game. They're all big from here on out. You just might as well consider it. It's the playoffs. The playoffs start this week. They really started on Thursday uh, for, for for the Raiders. They had to beat the Cowboys. They couldn't fall into a 5-6 and six, uh, hole and try to dig themselves out of it. By beating the Cowboys, getting to 6-5, and five, they give themselves a fair shot of reaching all of the goals, all of the objectives that they set out to do uh, way back in May when they gathered for OTAs in June and minicamp and all that uh, and got together at Henderson uh, for training camp. Uh, and to put a lot of perspective on everything that I just said, uh, we're going to welcome in our good friend Bill Williamson, um, who covers the Raiders and the NFL uh, for SB Nation. Bill Williamson, our good friend, how are you doing, my friend? Hey, how you doing? Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you. And by the way, uh, you can follow Bill at B Williamson uh, NFL. Hope you had a uh, a safe and enjoyable holiday. I certainly know that the Raiders did, and Raider Nation obviously enjoyed uh, beating the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Your general impre- your general thoughts uh, on the Raiders going to Dallas and winning that football game? Well, I mean, in, they needed it. They got it. I didn't think it was probably going to happen. Um, wild game, you know. I mean, um, I, I think the cow, and, and you know, we say this, fans may go, wait a second, what, what do you say? Cowboys really screwed that thing up. That doesn't take, that, it still counts for the Raiders, and they earned it. But, I mean, there were so many plays. There was one or two, they executed. I'm not talking luck, I'm talking execution. They execute. They, they win that game, you know, including a, a missed extra point. It happens, not taking it away from the Raiders, but it was like, man, the Cowboys are kind of, now they've lost three in a row. Um, and I think what it tells you is, that, again, it's another example. Is that this all this gig is a week-to-week thing, almost in every NFL city. And the Raiders... They do their job, they get the win, and then they see some teams in the AFC because it's going to happen every week because there's 12 teams at 500 or better, right? So there's going to be seesaw every week the rest of the way. It's going to be wild. They were they won their game on Thursday, so they were the benefit from teams that screwed up, and now all of a sudden they're in a lot better shape than they were the week before. Um, so, yeah, a, a fun game, a wild game, and... They have to feel really good about themselves right now, and boy, they need it because they were not feeling good after you know turning five and two and five and five. But if they go ahead and lose this game Sunday, it's it's all kind of erased. But if they win seven and five, looks pretty good because again, there's going to be a bunch of jockeying this week. Yeah, so you, you said it. It's playoffs every week. Absolutely, and I'm glad you mentioned the. Um, 
you know, uh, pointing out that the Cowboys, hey, if you play efficient football, you're going to be, you're going to put yourself in a better position. And that's everything that the Raiders weren't doing in their three-game losing streak. Uh, and I've been on so many radio shows today where trying to explain all this, the one common thread uh, that I have found, uh, and it runs through the Raiders, and it runs through the Rams, and it runs through the Dallas Cowboys, and every team in the NFL. If you play with the way things are right now, with how close things truly are from team to team, the parity that exists in this league, if you play clean football, you're going to give yourself a really good chance to win a bunch of football games. But if you deviate from that even just a little bit, as the Raiders did during their three-game losing streak, as the Cowboys have, certainly the Los Angeles Rams uh, are a clear example of that, then you're going to get beat. You're not because it's just too close. These teams are just too evenly matched, Bill. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I've never seen anything like this in both conferences. You know, there's ebbs and flows every year, and what one conference you for one's kind of a mess. They're both messes right now, Vinny. And I think you're right. I mean, look at the games that they've played, the opponents that they've played recently. They're all kind of in the same boat. The, the the Bengals are in the exact same boat with from five to two to five to four, and they were two desperate teams. Bengals are a smarter team that day. They win. Raiders and Cowboys both scuffling. Raiders are the smarter team. They win. Um, it it, it kind of comes down to it, this year is not really much about you know teams being so much physically better than one another. It's just who doesn't screw up that day. I agree, and when you talk about the talent level, uh, Bill, realistically, when you look at these last six games, there really isn't anybody that the Raiders are going to face, to me anyway, um, that you you can't make a justifiable case that, hey, if the Raiders play a good game and a clean game, they, they could beat any of these teams, any of these six teams that are on uh, the, the schedule. It's not about talent, and I'll go all the way back to game one. Every game this year, it really hasn't been about a talent gap uh, or an outrageous, oh, my gosh, there's no way the Raiders can go in there and compete. They'd have to play a perfect game, and then the other team would have to play uh, their worst game of the year, which was the case you know, in, in years past. It's no longer the case. I think the Raiders have a, as much talent as anybody or sufficient enough talent to win pretty much every game on their schedule if they're playing accordingly. And when was the last time – You've remembered an NFL season that's 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 shaped like that. Yeah, I I, I can't recall again that because I think the Raiders are in. I think there's probably you know five seven teams that are remarkably better, but there's probably fifteen that are pretty dang similar. You know, and I, and I think one of the deals that's making this. There's probably more bad teams than usual. You know, um, there's probably more really bad teams than really good teams. And then, so you get that dynamic and the, the fact that the majority of the league is really pretty even, it, it, it makes it just crazy every week. And then you throw in the dynamic of not-so-hot officiating every game. We're getting what we're getting. And, you know, I talked to a couple of people in the business last week. Say, hey, you know, who this is going into Thanksgiving week. Who is going to go to the Super Bowl? And we all had different answers. And I think we all have different answers right now. I mean, everybody 
it's so wide open, and that's, you know, we, we can talk about this for so long, but it's so wide open. So with that regard, the Raiders have a really good chance. The Raiders get hot, and I don't know if anybody can stay hot in this game, but if they get hot, they can go deep, and and it's it's December tomorrow, so that's a pretty good opportunity. That's What, can, what else can you ask for? We're talking to Bill Williamson, uh, covers the Raiders um, for SB Nation, also the NFL, the Rams, everybody, uh, and Bill does uh, a great job, always has. Uh, Bill, um, we saw the emergence um, and the acclamation of, of Deshaun Jackson, uh, yeah. and that was front and center uh, on Thursday against the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I right felt like that. he had kind of a game. Uh, it, I, that that fifty yard touchdown pass, whatever it was, fifty plus yard touchdown pass, basically to start the game. I felt like it was an icebreaker for the Raiders. They had been playing, it seemed to me, uh, under a lot of pressure, uh, self induced, whatever you want to call it, led to some uncharacteristic uh, mistakes that they were making in the three game losing streak. I felt like that kind of broke the ice for them, uh, and then it was on, and they played with a lot of uh, passion and uh, enjoyment, and you just can feel it uh, at AT and T Stadium. But in addition to what it meant for him numbers-wise, uh, now you're talking also about the, the pass interference calls uh, that, that he drew, uh, the fact that it helped the running game. Uh, Hunter Renfro had more room to operate. Uh, there was a big impact, I felt, from Deshaun Jackson. Do you feel like that's something that the Raiders can build on? Yeah, I mean, certainly. Um, they, they have to. Um, you know, that during that three-game losing streak, the – that wide receiver core played a big part in, in the loss. And I think, you know, we've always said, and I, I've certainly always said, and this is dating back, all you know, from the start of last year, and in late 2019, that, you know, it all, it, it's, it's Jacobs and Waller, and, and that's where it starts. Now it's like they need those receivers other than Hunter Renfro to show up. Because if they, if they don't, it's pretty ugly. And that's what that was the deal for those during that three game losing streak that the you know the post Henry Ruggs Raiders offense was was missing a real key element that that got things going and and, and just affected different parts of the game as you said Jackson did on on Sunday so you know kind of lost in the Jackson explosion was that Zay Jones had five catches yep. for fifty nine yards on seven targets. That needs to continue. Um, you know, he's a starting wide receiver. He, five for 69 is, is not unreasonable to expect. But one catch in three games is, is ridiculous. Um, Brian Edwards needs to figure, out, figure it out. I mean, he had, he had four catches in the last four games. Three made an impact in one of the games, but that's not enough in a month from a starter. So if, if they can get consistent contributions and, and nothing crazy from Jackson Jones and Edwards I really think this offense is at its best like it'll be at its best at a you know early in the season yeah no question about it and then you look at Hunter Renfro eight catches for 134 yeah, yards he's going to be there every game no doubt about it and um you know so it also helps Bill that the Raiders ran 87 plays on Thursday compared yeah. to the mid forties that they had, I think it might have been forty-seven against the Bengals and low fifties yeah. uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, how important was it that the the fact, just the fact that the Raiders were able to stay on the field offensively? 
Yeah, I mean, that, that's certainly, you know, the big plays. And then the, what, was it five or six third-down defensive penalties by Dallas, which, uh, you know, I uh, talked about at the beginning. That certainly helped, too. It was like, it was getting to the point where every time there is a, a third down and it was incomplete pass by the Raiders, you just was counting the milliseconds before the yellow flag came out. <laughs> and, and again, that's not because I don't, I don't play the referee game. That's because Cowboys committed those <laughs> those penalties. You know, they were, you can, you can complain about any penalty you want, but they committed those penalties and, and that, and that contributed to the Raiders and they took advantage of it. And, and, that's what winning teams do. When you say you, let's face it, you're talking about Jerry Jones, uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, although he yeah. was he was pretty pronounced. I think he was playing it forward uh, and letting the league know uh, and the rest of the NFL. The, the officials that are going to be officiating games, uh, you know, that they're involved in uh, moving forward. Like, let's not have that happen again. But you're right. Um, and I went back and watched the game. I, you know, I'm usually as critical of the referees as possible. I thought there were just way too many penalties in general. But when you focus in and zero in specifically on the PIs, it was hard to say. Could they have looked the other way? Yeah, they could have looked the other way. Uh, and sometimes referees do, uh, whether knowingly or unknowingly. I don't know. I'm not in the referees' heads. But there was also a case to be made. Absolutely every single one of those were justified, Bill. Yeah, yeah. Again, I, I think that goes for most. Of, I don't, I don't feel sorry for fans when they complain about the referees because I know it's going to come back to them whether they realize it or not. Um, I on all those Dallas penalties, my reaction wasn't "geez, refs." It was "geez, Cowboys." Yep. You know, and yeah, the the, the Cowboys played an ugly game and they lost. Bill. Um... Josh Jacobs got untracked, um, had his best game uh, of, the, of the season. The running game produced, uh, I think it was 143, 144 yards, somewhere around there. Um, so that got untracked. Specifically, Josh Jacobs. You know, the plan coming into this season was, um, you know, to split the load a little bit and to try to ensure that Josh got to this part of the season exactly where we're talking about right now, um, as healthy and as in shape uh, as possible to deliver his best football, um, you know, uh, that, that he possibly could without dealing with injuries. It's someplace where he hasn't been uh, these first two years for him. He's usually pretty banged up this time of year. Okay, so to me, part of the plan worked because Josh Jacobs, by his own account, uh, is as healthy as he's been. He's feeling great. He looked great and spry and, and, and uh, uh, ready to deliver on Thursday. Did it mean that you know, the, the run game wasn't always there this year. That's certainly been the case. Uh, I don't know if there was a cause and effect there or if the offensive line just wasn't playing well. Whatever it was, it was, and it's in the rearview mirror. Moving forward, a healthy Josh Jacobs, um, especially if he's playing and getting the carries that he got uh, on Thursday against the Cowboys, 22 of them, uh, how much of a factor can a healthy Josh Jacobs be down the stretch, something he hasn't been for these Raiders these last two years? Yeah, I think it's healthy and effective, uh, Josh Jacobs as well. I mean, you know, he—I I don't think this guy has been—he's been banged up, but he hasn't—he hasn't performed up to his standards either. Um, you know, he had a good game against the Giants, and then not so great the next two. So I think consistency—I think that's something that certainly we're going to have to see. But if we do see it, yeah, it's—it's uh, it's just another reason why you have to feel good about the Raiders. Um, this is a big game for them. And, again, they're all big. They're, we've been saying they're big since 
the Chiefs game, right? Um, but this is a big game because I think, like I said, you know, at the beginning that uh, Washington is kind of sneaky good. They're winning, they've won three in a row, and they, they do some things that wins football games. Um, so I think they, they're not, you know, the Raiders have given an average of 35 points a game allowed in the last three games. I don't know if we're going to see that kind of explosion from Washington's offense because that's not really what they do. Um, but this is a challenging game. So if the Raiders can get by this game and, and then we look back and say, hey, Josh Jacobs had another good game. Hey, those receivers did their thing. Hey, the Raiders didn't make that many penalties. They didn't turn the ball over. That just builds. So I don't know if this is all, you know, hey, if Josh Jacobs gets going, I think it's just all, let's see this team elevate itself to the 5-2 and two team than, you know, than what it was. Because, again, and I liked what uh, Rich Passaccia said yesterday, that, you know, sometimes winning can mask issues. So they, they've told this team that they're not out of the woods yet, and, and that's an important factor, that, that they can't be sitting strutting all week because they ended a three-game losing streak. They have to know, hey, we still – it's all in front of us, but we still got stuff to do. We still have factors that keeps us from losing games, so let's focus on those. So, but again, they're they're in they're in good shape. They're in they're in the mix. Last question for you, Bill, and you you um, you, you mentioned it in terms of the defense. Um, now everything is nuanced uh, in, 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 in everything that we talk about. Uh, and when you talk about those points, um, you know, a couple of pick or at least one pick six by, by Derek. And uh, there was the, the touchdown return on Sunday against the Cowboys that the special teams gave up yeah. uh, a couple of short fields here and there. Uh, and then I felt like against the Bengals and the chiefs, the defense played reasonably well, uh, but their tongues were just dragging off the ground by the time the fourth quarter came around, and that's where you know the disparity, and that's where teams stretched out leads. So, all in all, though, uh, in spite of the fact that you know the scores have been up over thirty points, I feel like the Raiders' defense has actually been playing fairly well, even in the three-game losing streak, um, and and certainly against the Cowboys. Uh, what are your thoughts on where this defense is and how much the Raiders can realistically lean on them uh, heading down the stretch? Well, I think they can lean on the pass rush. It's been there all year. Um, it, it's it's a good pass rush, right? And it was uh, it was non-existent for the last three years. So that's that's big, and um, they've been getting pretty solid coverage. So and if the tackling can stay up, you know, up, up for half of the league, um, yeah, they they have a shot. But you're right. I mean, it wasn't all on the defense, but I, I don't know if this defense is is upper level yet. There has it's been improved. The pass rush is good, and that's what they can lean on. And, and coaching and pass rush and, and and solid coverage, and that's a pretty good start. Yeah, and all the more reason for the offense to be upper level, uh, upper yeah. echelon. And they're capable of doing it, uh, and when they have, they're usually in a good uh, position, and it definitely complements uh, the defense as well. Bill Williamson, always a pleasure to talk to you, always a pleasure uh, to get your insight and enlightenment. We truly appreciate it. Uh, thank you, my friend, and we will talk to you down the road. Take it easy, everybody. Thanks, Vinny.
You got it, Bill. Uh, that's Bill Williamson from SB Nation. Uh, does a great job covering the Raiders. Does a great job covering the NFL. We always love uh, talking to him and getting his uh, insight. You're in the huddle with Vinny Von Sturen and Lincoln Kennedy. Um, brought to you by Tequila and Bajador. It's Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Tuesday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Carr is going to be the receiver on the left side. Cowboys are trying to have somebody account for Carr out there. Mariota with Jacobs alongside him. Keeps it. Mariota. Jackpot, baby! Marcus Mariota takes it home for the Ninth Island. Attaway. Attaway, Marcus Mariota. Um, that was obviously Brent Musburger uh, making the call and doing it great as he always did. By the way, um, Brent was on my flight uh, to Dallas in first class. Obviously, I sat a little bit further back uh, on the airplane. Oh, I thought you were going to throw out the first class flex on us. Uh, no, 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 not me. No, I'm not uh, in, in, in that category. But I uh, love to see Brent holding and reading a newspaper, like an actual newspaper. It warmed my heart. Uh, thank you f- to everybody out there uh, who actually reads newspapers uh, and not just online, although we truly appreciate all of our online um, readers over at the Las Vegas Review Journal. That's right. I cover the Raiders for the Las Vegas Review Journal. Uh, you can always download our app, Vegas Nation, um, or go to VegasNation.com uh, on the computer, or just pick up a newspaper uh, like Brett Musburger was. But the larger point of all that, and you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, uh, Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Tuesday, uh, was Raider Nation had been clamoring for Marcus Mariota and to to change things up uh, in that exact part of the field uh, that the Raiders found themselves in against the Dallas Cowboys, a short yarded situation uh, in the red zone, obviously. And Marcus Mariota basically just danced into the end zone. That's what he brings to the table. Uh, I have been saying it all the way back to last year. Uh, if you go out and sign a Marcus Mariota, you can't look at it just as, well, if Derek gets hurt, you know, we've got a viable backup quarterback plan, which obviously that's a huge part of it. But Marcus Mariota is such a unique football player and brings so many unique traits to the table that um, in spite of Derek Carr's 22-yard run uh, on Thursday that that Derek just doesn't have, and that's not a knock on Derek Carr. Tom Brady doesn't do what Marcus Mariota does. Uh, there's plenty of quarterbacks, good ones uh, in the NFL, that don't do what Marcus Mariota does. But if you're going to pay... Uh, a Marcus Mariota, and the Raiders did to bring him here to be a great, great, great insurance policy for Derek Carr. Why not also use him? And last year got away from him and the Raiders because he got hurt, and he just wasn't uh, available to them for a long part of the of the season. And you know he was able to to get right both mentally and physically. This was a damaged player <laughs> that arrived uh, in Las Vegas last year. A lot of it was what had happened uh, to him in Tennessee with the injuries and you know losing his job the way he lost it. Uh, there was a lot to overcome uh, and to deal with. And to the Raiders' credit, they uh, worked with Marcus in that regard. They didn't rush him back. They didn't put a lot of pressure on him to come back. 
they gave him the time not just, not only to to learn the playbook, uh, but also get right spiritually, uh, physically, mentally, all of those type of things, uh, and helped rebuild Marcus Mariota. Well, now you know, started the year this year again. Um, you know, uh, after that first play uh, against the the Baltimore Ravens, the thirty yard run uh, that he broke off on a third and short situation gets hurt, missed a lot of time, but now he's back, and I think that he showed you. Uh, on Thursday, what he's capable of doing. And I have a sneaky feeling um, that his role is going to uh, increase a little bit. Here's Rich Bisaccia talking about that. Yeah, well, I think the thing you saw Greg do a great job of this week is we had him in there multiple times, and, and um, you know, he ends up scoring a touchdown for us because of his athletic ability and what he can do in certain uh, situations, but certainly what we're asking him to do. So uh, hopefully you'll get a chance to um, – Without giving too much away, I think he's going to, you know, hopefully be a part of the packages as we go forward. And uh, he practices like he's preparing to play all the time. And the other thing is, we, it's really hard to take number four out from behind the center as well, especially when he's playing the way he played on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, and um, you know, it's it is difficult and sometimes not even justified to take number four uh, off off the field. Um, but there are times when. It does make a lot of sense, and I did ask Rich Bisaccia this yesterday. Um, you know how much of this is about getting number four on board with it. I don't think that it's as big as people. Some people might make it out to be, but just to be sure, I asked Rich Bisaccia uh, that exact question, and here's his response. Yeah, I think on the touchdown, you saw, I think Derek might have been the first or second guy out there to congratulate him. So I think Derek is about the team. Derek is about doing whatever we can do to put ourselves in position to win a game. And I think you see it by the way in which he prepares, by the way in which he plays. And they certainly have a professional um, relationship with respect to each other's job and what they're trying to do to help us win. And I, so I don't feel like that's an issue in any way. And um, so I just feel like they're, they're certainly competitors, but I certainly think they want to do whatever they can do to help us win games. Listen, uh, Derek Carr has been here long enough, um, and you know, obviously, every quarterback wants to be under center or taking the shotgun snap on every single play. That's no, you know, that 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 goes without saying. Um, and every rep in practice, every first team rep in practice, uh, every snap in the game, uh, if you're worth your salt, if you have any competitive drive uh, at all, you want to be on the field. You feel and you have confidence and you have a conviction that you give your team the best chance to win and succeed um, and execute. And so Derek Carr is no different than, than anybody else. That's how he's wired, as he should be. Uh, but I think Derek Carr... Um, you know, at this stage of his career and with a burning desire right now to make the playoffs and, and to do something special with this team and experience something special with this team, I think he also understands, hey, there's times when we have a weapon by the name of Marcus Mariota that he's going to put this team in a good position. He's going to be able to, to, to change it up a little bit. He's going to be able to put pressure uh, on the defense. He's got a different skill set than Derek Carr. Uh, and, and I think that that was always the plan was to get Marcus Mariota on the field in some situational uh, football and be able to tap into that. And I don't think, I think the last person that has an issue with that is Derek Carr. Maybe early in his career, you know, maybe that would have been, um, you know, problematic. 
as it might be for any quarterback that's trying to make a name for himself, that's trying to establish themselves, uh, that's trying to you know win the job and earn the respect and the trust from the team, the coaches, the fan base, uh, all of that. Every, you know, a young quarterback is going to maybe look at it a little bit differently. But at this stage, Derek Carr's career. Wanting to be in the postseason as badly as he does, and I know that for a fact that it does, it burns in him, um, and specifically to do it here with the Raiders, it's something that drives him. Um, he, it's not lost on Derek Carr uh, what a Marcus Mariota can add in certain situations, and let's be honest about it. You know, the Raiders at various times this year have struggled in the red zone. They've struggled uh, in short-yarded situations. Uh, Marcus Mariota helps that, and it doesn't take anything away from Derek Carr. Um, you know, Marcus Mariota scores a touchdown. Derek Carr throws for over 300 yards, uh, has a lights-out game. Uh, nobody is overlooking Derek Carr because of what um, you know Marcus Mariota was able to do. And oh, by the way, it sounds like they kind of have a uh, a cool little relationship. Uh, in terms of, you know, we were talking to Derek about how fast he ran uh, on that 22-yard run against the Dallas Cowboys, and he was scooting. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Uh, and it was so funny because, you know, uh, it's it's something that when he gets a run like that, um, he, even in practice, you know, he looks over at, at, at Marcus Mariota, and he calls it, it's the uh, Cariota. He calls himself Cariota. Yeah, that's Cariota. Uh, so the first person that he looked at when he made that run, Derek Carr, he looks over to Marcus Mariota on the sidelines and kind of gave him a little wink and a little, um, you know, Hawaiian uh, hand signal. Uh, hey, I can run a little bit too. But, um, and, and, and it was so it was a good moment. And it just shows that these guys are close. Yes, they're competitors. Yes, both players want to be on the field as much as possible. But at the same time, there's a common goal here. Uh, and that's for the Raiders to make the playoffs. And it behooves everybody to be on board uh, with. Every tactic, every scheme, every play, every possibility, um, every uh, thing that the Raiders coaches can come up with to put this team in the best possible position uh, to make the playoffs. And sometimes that's going to come down to, hey, Marcus Mariota, it's your turn to go uh, do your thing in this you know short-yarded situation. Uh, and we saw on Sunday, or excuse me, on Thursday, what that can mean. And I think it was funny because, and interesting, I should say, and refreshing, really, uh, because the reaction from everybody on the sidelines, everybody that was on the field that was wearing a Raider jersey, uh, was genuine happiness for Marcus Mariota. This guy's been through a lot uh, in his short time here uh, with the Raiders and you know the, the injuries that he's overcome uh, and to still be in a position now to really help. It's not going to be a lot. But I do believe that moving forward, when the Raiders get into the right look and the right situation, there's going to be no hesitation uh, to move to, uh, you know, to bring Marcus Mariota onto the field. And as we saw, Derek Carr lined up uh, wide. And I'm just going to say that I'm not ruling out at all. It might, it's going to have to have, it's going to have to be the right look. It's going to have to be the right everything. But I'm not ruling out, um, Marcus maybe throwing it to Derek Carr at some point. Maybe it'll be you know in a, uh, in, in a in a game that's a little bit secure. Maybe it'll be a game that they have to have it, and that's the best way, place to go with the football. Uh, but don't rule out Derek Carr uh, catching a pass. And I think that 
in itself is something that Derek Carr would really, really enjoy doing. Uh, he fancies himself as a uh, better athlete than people give him credit for. I remember last year, um, you know, talking about him dunking the dunking the ball and how far and what his you know uh, uh, leap is and and you know uh, getting off the getting off the floor and, and dunking it. And he defended himself pretty pretty um, you know hard nosed about it. Like, hey, I. I I could hoop. I could. I could dunk it, and I can do everything on the basketball court uh, that 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 I should be able to do as the athlete that I am. So uh, he's competitive in that regard. I I would not doubt for a second that he would relish the opportunity uh, to catch an important pass. Um, and as he showed against the Cowboys, he's still got some speed. When he wants to dial it up, uh, he can he can take it to a whole other level, and he certainly did. And it was a it was a big play too um, when he when he uh, took off and ran uh, in that game. And maybe it's maybe it'll open it up for him a little bit more as far as if it's there, take it right. If the if you need five yards to get a first down, and there's five yards sitting there for the taking open field that you can easily get just by turning it up a notch uh, and, and getting into another gear, which he has, do it. You know, um, at this point in the season, it's by any means necessary. Uh, the Raiders and the they have to be open to every possibility. And if, for Derek, from his perspective, obviously, you want him throwing the ball. Uh, that's where he's at his best, taking chances downfield, being accurate with the football as he was on Thursday against the Dallas Cowboys. But football games, the way things are structured right now in the NFL, how close games are, um, how the parity that exists uh, in the NFL, it literally does sometimes comes down to a play or two. And it's not always the score. It's the play that leads to the score. And sometimes there's some critical third down situations where the best bet for moving the chains and getting that fresh set of downs is for Derek Carr uh, you know, to take off and run. And so he's got to be open to that. I know he is. Um, and you know, maybe at this time of year, being a little bit more open uh, to that. If it's there, take it because every possession, every play is big. And that's why you looked at the Raiders on, on Thursday, the 87 plays that they ran offensively, that was a game changer for them. Going back to a week or the five days before against the Bengals uh, and then a week or so before against the Kansas City Chiefs, Chiefs, where plays were at a premium. They weren't getting the volume of plays that they're accustomed to, that they're used to, that frankly they need to have. You're not going to win a whole lot of games if your offense is only on the field for 40-some-odd plays or even 50-some-odd plays. It's got to be more than that. Uh, And the Raiders maximize that. I know the Cowboys helped them a little bit with the third-down penalties. I think there were four third-down penalties that led to a whole bunch of uh, extra plays. But even in those penalties – uh, the the four of them were, were pass interference calls. Just talking to Bill Williamson, talking earlier to Lincoln Kennedy, there was nothing, none of those penalties were head scratchers like, what did the referee see on that play? They were all legitimate calls. The Raiders were uh, playing up to a strength by taking the chances that they were taking downfield. They're not really chances. They there were There was a good probability of A, completing the pass, or B, putting the Cowboys in a position where their only recourse was to hold on for dear life uh, and hope that the referee wasn't looking. You know, Jerry Jones wants to say what he wants to say, uh, but you could flip that as well. There's a tactic in pass defense that 
includes getting physical, grabbing, you know, holding on, um, you know, uh, and hoping that the referees just either lets it go or didn't see it. And so just as much as it was a tactic for the Raiders to say, all right, you're you're having difficulty defending uh, our outside speed, we're going to keep going to it. And you're either going to have to keep up or you're going to have to potentially do something that you feel like you have to do to stop this play and cross a line that crosses into penalties. Uh, and that's exactly what was going on. So uh, just as much as it was, it was a tactic for the Raiders, to utilize that by going downfield, sometimes from a, a, a defensive back's perspective, hey, you know, um, if they're not calling it, I'm going to keep doing it. And so that's a tactic in and of itself. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Tuesday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Rowe is the tight end. Renfro is there. They run Jacobs. Huge hole. Comes across the 40, 45. He's across midfield before he's finally brought down. A beautiful run by Josh Jacobs. Has Brent Musburger and our good friend Lincoln Kennedy uh, calling Josh Jacobs' overtime run against the uh, Dallas Cowboys. And, you know, it's hard not to look at uh, at that performance, not only by Josh Jacobs, but by the team in general. Um, with the 143 yards rushing on 35 carries, that's a healthy 4.1 yards per carry. Um Josh had 22 carries for 87 yards. Kenyon Drake, seven carries for 25 yards. Derek Carr, two yard, two carries for 21 yards. Uh, but the 143 um, on 35 carries, that's where the Raiders kind of need to be. Um, you know, and it, it, it helps, obviously, that you have possession of the ball. 35 runs, they had 47 plays total the game before against the Cincinnati Bengals. It just shows how important ball possession uh, is, and we're not even getting into – um, you know, time of possession, which I think was, you know, well over uh, 12 minutes uh, more for the Raiders than it was for the Dallas Cowboys. That's what a run game and that's what being efficient um, in the pass game is going to get you. The Raiders had 87 offensive snaps, um, you know, uh, to their credit against the Dallas Cowboys when they only had 47 the, the game before against the Cincinnati Bengals. So 40 more plays, and as we saw, 35 of those uh, were, were running the ball. It was a healthy balance that the Raiders got to uh, on, on Sunday, or excuse me, on Thursday against the Dallas Cowboys. And did it, does it mean that the Raiders, um, you know, turn the corner on, on, on running the ball? It's been a little bit of a struggle this year. At times, it's been sporadic. There's been a game here or a game there uh, where the Raiders have been able to effectively run the ball. But it sure seemed like against a pretty good Dallas Cowboys team that the Raiders were able to do what they wanted to do on the ground. And here's Josh Jacobs talking about uh, his own kind of getting better as the game went on. I mean, as a running back, most running backs, that's how it goes, though. You know what I'm saying? You start off kind of slow, start wearing on the defense, and, and towards the end of the game, you start getting big ones. Um, so my body feels great. Um, came out that one real, real clean. So I kind of locked up in the game a couple of times. But besides that, I feel good. That's Josh Jacobs talking about how he got stronger as the game went on. What does Lincoln, tell, say, Lincoln Kennedy say all the time? You know, it's not so much about breaking off big runs 
early in the game. Um, you know, when when you're running against a fresh defense, when you're running against a team uh, that's in the game and uh, has been coached up and schemed up uh, to take certain things away, and so they're all about it at that point in the game. But it's 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 so it's not always going to happen early in the game. You'd love it to, uh, but it doesn't always work that way. The the key is, and the point is keep at it and especially when you're also complementing that with an effective uh, pass game and then creating that balance between the two it makes all the difference in the world and the Raiders were able to keep control of the football they were able to keep their defense fresh as a result they pounded uh, the Cowboys in the play um, distribution offensive snaps to offensive snaps a decided win for the Raiders in that regard a decided win for the Raiders in uh, ball possession how long they held on to the ball compared to the Cowboys it was textbook how you have to do it and that's a formula that the Raiders really need to try to replicate uh, and take into their remaining games it's not always going to work out the way it worked out uh, against the Dallas Cowboys and there's certainly things to clean up uh, in terms of the penalties but if they're running the ball effectively and throwing it effectively they're really giving themselves a chance to do exactly what they want to do and also at the same time keep that offense or keep that defense fresh and we saw what the benefit of that was in overtime when a very spry um, defense with their legs still under them um, and and not fatigued and not their tongues weren't hanging off the ground, how they were able to make short order of the Cowboys' first uh, possession in overtime, a three-and-out punt it, get it to Derek Carr in the offense, boom, uh, next score wins. It's a field goal by Daniel Carlson. The Raiders are 6-5. and five. Um, But here's Rich Passaccia also talking about um, how well that run game uh, and what it means to winning football games. Yeah, well, I think what you saw from us in the games that we've happened to, to win here as of late, we, we've, we've played well in the run game and it opened up our play action package as it did again for us on Saturday. So I think we'll look, we'll look to continue that best we possibly can. It doesn't always work out the way you want it to work out, but offensively it sure did uh, on, on you know Thursday against the Dallas Cowboys. And here's the thing, you know, Obviously, the Cowboys were missing some key players. There's no question about it. Um, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, um, they didn't play. And so that, you know, definitely plays a factor. But that Cowboys defense has been pretty darn good this year. And for the most part, they were um, where they needed to be. Uh, no, Every team is going to, at this point of the season, you're not going to always have your full complement of players. It's unrealistic. It rarely happens. The Raiders were down a couple of guys as well. Um, but... By and large, that Cowboys defense has been pretty darned effective. And so for the Raiders to do what they did uh, in that run game uh, and certainly in the pass game, it really did it, – it, it, it had the desired effect. And we keep talking about this. That is the recipe that the Raiders have to follow. That's the blueprint the Raiders have to stick with. Um, and it's not just – I mean, obviously that's the plan going into every game. That's going to be the plan. So it's not about – how you're looking at it, how you're, you know, uh, game planning it, it comes down to execution. We've been talking about this for a while now. Um, you know, when you look at this Raiders roster and you look at the teams that they play, and I've been at every single game, and I don't look across uh, the other sideline and think to myself, man, there's no way the Raiders are going to be able to compete in this game. I haven't done that all year. Can I say that? about every Raider game that I've covered for the Las Vegas Review-Journal and Raider Nation. No, 
There's been games in the past, relatively um, in the in the in the in the in the relative past, where I don't care what the Raiders did, ugh, they're going to be hard pressed to win this game against that team because the talent just wasn't there. And specifically, really, when we're talking about last year, defensively, you know, uh, it was a hope and a prayer that the Raiders would get the necessary amount of stops and hold teams to a certain amount of points uh, and give their offense a chance to win games. The, and, the, and on the other end, the offense pretty much had to play perfect uh, to be in every single game. They did enough to win, what, eight games last year? Um, through very rarely a lot of help from their defense. And from that perspective, the talent level just wasn't there these last couple of years on that Raider defense. But we've seen a marked change in that regard this year. When you're talking about Unique Ngakwe and Quinton Jefferson and Solomon Thomas and Denzel Perryman and uh, Casey Hayward, K.J. Wright, Trayvon Morig, um, Nate Hobbs, the two rookies that have been just tremendous uh, in their rookie years uh, for the Raiders. The talent upgrade that has occurred on that defense is in plain sight. We can see it now. And so that, to me, has been a real game changer in the fact that now when the Raiders go into every game, they pretty much can go in fairly confident, fairly comfortable that if you play good football, if you play solid football, if you play efficient football, you're going to give yourselves a chance to win the game. Doesn't matter what the other team looks like, how much talent's on that other team. The Raiders stack up pretty well against everybody on this uh, schedule, and that goes for every game that they've played and every game that they will play. What it ultimately is going to come down to is execution, and I felt like the Raiders got back to doing that at a much higher level against the Dallas Cowboys. It had eluded them for those three games that they lost. And a lot of it, some of it, I should say, uh, was the result of losing a big piece of the puzzle in Henry Ruggs. Uh, it's not an excuse to bring that up. It had an effect. It was bound to have an effect. Uh, but I think the Raiders have gotten back on track in that regard, and Deshaun Jackson makes all the difference. Uh, as far as that goes, and I think you saw Derek Carr kind of turn the corner in terms of his confidence now uh, that he has throwing it to Deshaun Jackson, that he has throwing it deep to Zay Jones, um, and it made all the difference. And so the Raiders getting themselves in a better position to do what they do offensively, and one of the things that they've hung their hat on this year, the Basically, their draft picks, what they've done in free agency uh, has been to be a team that is not afraid to throw it downfield because they have confidence that they're going to complete passes downfield. That's what the recipe was when Henry was here. They got back to that uh, on Thursday against the Cowboys with a Deshaun Jackson that makes a big difference, and it opened up the football field for everybody else. Look at the game that Hunter Renfro had. Look at the game that Josh Jacobs had and the running game had. Uh, there was a cause and effect there. And if the Raiders can bottle that up, they're going to be, be in a really good uh, position. I want to say thanks to Lincoln Kennedy. Uh, we'll talk to him for the full two hours tomorrow. Uh, I want to say thanks to Bill Williamson. Uh, always great uh, to get him uh, uh, on the show and get his thoughts and his enlightenment. We truly appreciate Bill. We'll be back at it tomorrow, 4 to 6 p.m. in the huddle. Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur. It's Raider Nation Radio 920 a.m. on a Tuesday. Thanks for joining.